Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. God truly is good to each and every one of us. It is an honor and a blessing to be in the house of the Lord one more time. God could have let us be sick, be unresponsive, be somewhere else. He didn't have to save our souls. He didn't have to forgive us. He didn't have to let us even see another day. But he chose to. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. I was reading in the book of Numbers and uh, the Lord put it on my heart to let us know how much he really does love us. In the book of Numbers, it has so many promises and blessings that God has for his people. But we don't, a lot of people don't read the Old Testament, but most of the promises of God are in the Old Testament. You hardly ever find his promises in the New Testament that much. But in the Old Testament, there is blessings, there is promises. That's where Abraham got the very first promise of God, the promise of a son, Isaac. And from there, the promises just kept growing and growing, and he kept adding to his precious promises. And later on, it says that God has not failed one word of his precious promises. He loves us so much until he makes us promises constantly. It's like when we see our child and we say, if you do this, I will give you this or I'll do this for you or you can go to the your friend's house but you have to clean first or you make these kind of promises to your children if they do something that you want them to do well God all God asks us to do is love me that's it you don't have to jump through hoops you don't have to do a whole bunch of stuff just love me with all of your heart mind soul and strength and all these promises will be added unto you god loves his creation so very much the title to this lesson is you are blessed and we will be reading out of genesis 16 6 through 9 and then i'll be reading numbers 23 7 through 24 romans 4 6 through 8 Romans 6, 11 through 16, Deuteronomy 23, 5, and Galatians 4, 22 through 29. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for your many blessings. Thank you for your mighty outstretched hand. Thank you, my God, for this opportunity to be in the land of the living one more time. My Father, thank you for blessing us to wake up this morning. Thank you because we are clothed and in our right minds, all because of you. My Father, let this word go forth today and be planted upon good ground. And let us bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. In the book of Genesis, the 16th chapter, verse 6 through 9. But Abram said unto Sarai, 
Behold, thy maid is in thy hand, to do her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in a way to serve. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's, Sarai's maid, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself unto her hands. In the very beginning God created man, and when he created man, he gave him all the land, everything. The Garden of Eden was perfect. He didn't have to work. He just had to eat. There was no thorns, no thistles, no nothing. The land was perfect. It was suitable for somebody that didn't even have shoes. So imagine the grass that they were walking on, so comfortable, so perfect. You don't need clothes, you don't need shoes, you don't need anything. The weather was perfect. I mean, there was not a flaw anywhere. You could walk up and down to the trees and not get hurt. To eat the fruit of the trees if you don't get poked and all of that. Because there was no thorns, there was no thistles. But then Adam decided to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God said, I'm going to bring up thorns, I'm going to bring up thistles. He cursed the ground for man's sake. Now you needed clothes. Everything was changed because of one man's sin. Beside all of that, God still loved his creation. He didn't stop loving Adam just because Adam ate. Yes, Adam brought sin into the world, but that didn't stop God from loving his creation. There was consequences, and there will always be consequences to our actions, but it doesn't mean that God stops loving you. When your child messes up, you might spank them, you might discipline them, but it doesn't mean you stop loving them. You are only teaching them right from wrong. You're only showing them the better way of life. You're not letting them throw away their life when you see that they have so much potential. And the same thing with God, just because he disciplines us, just because he corrects us does not mean he stops loving us. We make mistakes, we fall short, we sin against God, but he always loves us. And he told the children of Israel time and time again how much he loved the children of Israel. Now we read about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt and they sinned constantly. They were always murmuring, always complaining that they were all good to God we were back in Egypt. We remember the leeks and the garlics and the melons and that we loathe this light bread and God had gave them angels food and they didn't want it. They wanted meat. They wanted something else. But God never stopped loving them. He never stopped loving them. He never stops loving us no matter, no matter how contrary we are, how hard-headed we are, how difficult we are to get along with sometimes, how much we just really don't keep God's commandments, not because we can't, but we are so hooked on the flesh in some areas of our life, he still loves us. He didn't stop loving us. He didn't cast us away. The only time you cast somebody away is blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. Other than that, he said any sin that a man does can be forgiven him. He still loves us. Just because we make a mistake, don't beat yourself so bad and think that God doesn't love you. He still loves us. 
that doesn't give us the right to go into sin because we can. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid you're not supposed to do that. But when you make a mistake, know that you have a God that cares, a God that loves you, a God that has compassion, a God that you can run to and say, look, I messed up, but have mercy on me. And he is a God that will have mercy on you and will forgive us and he is ready to forgive us. We're going to Romans, the fourth chapter, six through eight. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Amen. So when when we mess up, David is saying, blessed is a man that God does not impute sin, which means that when you mess up, God doesn't say, oh, you mess up, you're always messing up. That's that for you. He don't say that. As long as you repent, he covers that up. He said, I'm going to forgive you and I won't even remember it no more. As soon as you repent, which means as soon as you stop doing what you know is wrong, God forgets immediately. He doesn't hold on to it. He doesn't hold you accountable for it as soon as you stop. He loves us so much that he says nothing will separate you from me. Nothing will separate us from the love of God, and that goes both ways. Will we let something separate us from God? Because God won't let nothing separate us. Because there is a scripture that says, your sins have separated you from me. And that's when we choose to follow after ungodliness instead of choose to go to the Lord. That doesn't mean when we make a mistake. Because when you're serving the Lord and you slip up and you make a mistake, God doesn't just automatically condemn you. He's waiting until you say, Lord, look, I messed up, but I'm still here. And he is still there. He still loves his creation. He's not willing that any should perish. So when you mess up, if you mess up, and the devil begins to whisper to you that you done really mess up this time, don't listen to that. Know for a surety that you have a God that is waiting for you to just go back. He's waiting for you to say, look, I messed up, but I'm still holding on. He's waiting for you to say, Lord, forgive me for I have sinned, but I'm still here. I still want to trust you. I still want to follow you. And he's ready that fast to say, I'm not going to even hold that you accountable for that. I'm not going to impute no sin. David said, blessed is the man that God doesn't impute sin. He doesn't hold you like you're guilty. He justifies you as soon as you repent. You, you have it made. We are highly blessed. We are highly favored. We cannot really ask for more. We have everything. He gave his son. He paid everything for us. And all we got to do is say, Lord, I'm right here. Just trust him. Just believe. Just keep holding on. No matter what the situation looks like, keep holding on. We're going to Romans 6, 11 through 16. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. 
What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or obedience unto unto righteousness? Our members of our body, they belong to God. We got to watch what we do, what we handle, what we say, what where we go, because our members belong to God. And if our members belong to God and we yield our members to things that are not of God, we become servants to whatever we obey. So if it's sin, we're going to be a servant to sin. If we yield our members to God, we're going to be servants of God. We have a body and our body belongs to God. We can't just do all kind of crazy things with these members and say that well, God knows my heart so I can do this and I can go here and I can say this and I can say that because God knows my heart and I am his child. That's not the way that works because our members belong to God. We watch what we go to. He says, touch not, taste not, handle not, because our members belong to God. And so when we lay hands on the sick, they will recover if our members belong to God. When we kneel down and we pray for somebody, God will answer if our members belong to God. How can it be that we take our members and give it unto uncleanliness and then come and try to lay hands on somebody and expect God to move? That's not going to happen. It's as bad as getting going and painting a house and your hands are full of paint and you come to somebody that is all dressed up and you want to lay your hands on them. They don't want you to lay your hands on them because you will paint them. I don't want nobody coming and putting their hands on me if I wasn't painting because I don't want to be painted. When your hands are not clean in the sight of God, he's not going to answer when we lay our hands on somebody because we're not clean. But when we yield our members unto God, he said, I will bless everything you put your hands on. Our things will be blessed, our cars, our houses, our jobs, our Bibles, our drums, our music, everything we do will be blessed if we yield our members to righteousness. We can't just yield our members to just anything. We are children of God. We are bought with the price. We are peculiar people. We're going to Deuteronomy 23, 5. Nevertheless, the Lord thy God will not hearken unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned a curse into a blessing unto thee, because the Lord thy God loved thee. The Bible says there is no enchantment against Israel. God loves us so much that I believe it was David. He was going up the mountain when he was uh, running from his son, and and that man came out and began to throw rocks at David and began to curse David. And, and one of David's servants said, let me go and cut this dead dog's head off. And what did David say? David said, no, God told him to curse me. And I was thinking, why would God tell somebody to go curse one of his children? But look at what he does. He says, I will change the cursing into a blessing. So it doesn't matter what the devil has plotted for you. God already changed it for your good, for your blessing. He loves us that much that the devil cannot do anything that will hurt us spiritually because God has already changed it all to a blessing. So when he was 
over there cursing David, what he really was doing was blessing David. So when he said, God said, curse David, he was really saying, God, let him bless me. Because he said, I will turn the curse into a blessing because God loves us that much. It might look bad. It might seem bad. But God has already changed everything to be for your good. There is something good coming out of whatever happens to us. There is something good. Our problems, our trials, our tribulations, the tears that we cry, something good is in there. We just have to be close to God in order to receive it. We're going to Galatians 4, 22 through 29. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth the bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, an answer to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren, that bearest not, break forth and cry, that thou travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. See, even today, we have two mindsets. We have the mindset of Christ that we can have, or we have the mindset of the flesh. And the flesh is always making fun of the mind of Christ. Go to church and you feel the Holy Ghost and you want to dance. And what does the devil begin to do? He begins to start mocking you. He begins to say, you can't do that. You know you don't know how to dance. You're going to look foolish out there if you go out there and dance. Don't start screaming either because everybody's watching. He begins to mock, just like back in the day when it was Ishmael and Isaac. And Ishmael wasn't the promise. He was of the flesh. And he began to mock Isaac. He began to mock the promise. When God says, serve me with joy and gladness. And he wants to see us dance and shout and have a good time. But we got the flesh over here saying you better not because you will make a fool out of yourself if you go and start dancing knowing you don't know how to dance. Well, I might not know how to dance, but the Holy Ghost knows how to dance. And I don't need to be a professional dancer as long as I rejoice in the Lord and I have a good time in my God. Don't let the flesh begin to mock you and make you stop. Because later on, the Bible says that after she was so hard on Hagar, Hagar left. The flesh doesn't want nothing to do with the church when the church is too strict. It wants to leave. The church is way too strict. God is too much. I don't want to deal with all of that. I'm leaving. But what happened when the angel of the Lord met Hagar? He said, where are you going? And she had no idea where she was going. She knew where she was coming from, but she didn't know where she was going. But he said, go back and be subject unto her. We have to make sure that our flesh is subject unto God. We have to take our flesh back. You cannot run from God. You can't leave the church. You can't go away from God. I'm going to take you right back, and you will be subject unto God. And then you will receive the promises that God has for you. The promise of the new Jerusalem. 
the promise of everlasting life, the promise that out of our valleys will flow rivers of living water. We will have the promises of God that none of us will be feeble, that we will not be barren. We will be fruitful in the spirit. We will have the joy of the Lord. That's when we get the promise. I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. If we make our flesh go back to God and be subject, be obedient, to the commandments of God. And then we're gonna to go to Numbers, the 23rd chapter. This is what, this is how good God is. How much he loves us. Numbers, the 23rd chapter, starting at the seventh verse. And he took up his parable and said, Balak, the king of Moab, hath brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, come curse me, Jacob, and come defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God had not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the, the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Later on, the Bible says that you are a peculiar people. You are a chosen generation. Balaam had called and asked to get somebody cursed or Balak. I always get those names twisted up. But one of them had called and asked the other one to come curse Israel. But God had already saw that coming. He already went and he told the, the lying prophet, he said, you know what? You better not go curse them. I have blessed them. When the devil plots to curse you and I, God already has blessed us. And the Bible says, how can I curse someone that God has not cursed? If God doesn't do it, it cannot be done. If God doesn't curse us, there's nothing that can ever curse us. He said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord watch the city, they wait but in vain. And if God does not curse you, there is nothing or nobody that can. Because once God has put his blessing upon you, you are not going to be cursed by anything. He offered, he offered seven bullocks and seven rams. He was trying to curse the children of Israel. He was doing his very best to curse the children of Israel. But every time he went up to the mountain and prayed for the cursing, God turned it around for a blessing. He never let it go through. Verse 10, who can count the dust of Jacob and the numbers of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. And Balak said unto Balaam, What hast thou done unto me? I took thee to curse mine enemies, and behold, thou hast blessed them altogether. The devil cannot do anything to you that God does not allow. He can call people. He can get a group of people against you. He can plot all that he wants to plot. But if God does not curse you, you cannot be cursed. And if God has blessed you, there's nothing that can stop it. Nothing. He loves us so much that he's always lifting up a standard. We have no idea how much God is really protecting us. We have no idea how bad the devil wants to kill, to steal, and to destroy us. But God is standing up for us. We have no idea how much. We're going to verse 12. And he answered and said, Must I not take heed to speak that which the Lord put in my mouth? And Balak said unto him, Come, I pray thee, with me unto another place. 
from thence thou mayest see them. Thou shalt see but the uttermost part of them, and shalt not see them all, and curse me them from thence. And he brought him into the field of Zophim, to the top of Pisgah, and built seven altars, and offered a bullock and a ram on every altar. And he said unto Balak, Stand here by thy burnt offering, while I meet the Lord yonder. And the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth and said, Go again unto Balak and say thus. And when he came to him, behold, he stood by his burnt offering and the princes of Moab with him. And Balak said unto him, What has the Lord spoken? And he took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He was up there trying to reverse the blessing. The devil will always try to take what God has given you, but when God made you a promise of peace, you will have peace. When he said, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me, if you keep your mind on the Lord, the devil cannot steal that peace. He cannot make you uncomfortable. He cannot make you doubt. He cannot make you fret. When God has giving you peace of mind. When God said, I will bless your going out and I will bless your coming in, the devil can stand up all he wants to, but he cannot take your blessing. You will be blessed whatever you do. He said, I will bless all the things that you put your hands on and the devil cannot reverse your blessing. When you go to work, you will be blessed. When you sit in the church, you will be blessed. Everything you put your hands on will be be blessed. When you pray for your children, you will be blessed. When you pray, pray for your husband or your wife, you will be blessed. Everything you put your hands on will be blessed. And the devil cannot reverse what God has done. There was a story in the Bible of a king. And they made a decree. They made the king sign this decree. And they said, whoever prays to any other God except you, let him be cast into the den of lions. And the king signed the decree. He wasn't thinking, you know, oh, I get praise and everybody else about me. That's nice. And he signs the decree. He wasn't thinking about that. And when Daniel knew that the decree was signed, his windows being open, he prayed three times a day like as before. He didn't change anything. He still did the same thing. And then those people, they came to the king and they told the king, this Daniel is praying to another God and you signed the decree. And the Bible says that the king began to walk up and down and think, how can I change what I have done? But let me tell you something, when the king seals something, it cannot be broken. And they said, you have put your seal on it. You cannot break what you have sealed. You cannot go back on your word. Well, it's the same thing with Jesus Christ. When you have the seal of Jesus, the blood of Christ upon you, it cannot be broken. Every promise of God belongs to you. All the blessings of God belongs to you. It cannot be broken. It can't be changed. It can't be altered. It can't be moved. You have the seal of Jesus Christ. 
And every promise is yours. Every promise belongs to you. The devil can't change it. And as the king walked up and down and tried to figure a way, how can I get around this? Jesus isn't going to even try to try to find out how can I change what I said. In fact, he told us earlier or later on, he said, I will not alter nor change the things that have gone out of my mouth. If I said you are blessed, you are blessed indeed. If I say you are free, you are free indeed. If I say you are healed, you are healed indeed. And there will not be a change. God won't change it. He loves us that much and as soon as we get that seal of Jesus Christ, it cannot be broken. That seal can't be broken. The only time that we can get out from under that seal is if we choose. We don't want to be under that seal anymore. If we decide, you know what, I want to go to the world and I'm, I don't want to do this church thing anymore. The high life and all that other life looks a lot better than this one. The promises don't follow us. They can't and they won't. But as long as we're with Jesus, we have that seal and it cannot be broken. We're going to go down to verse 21. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath as it were the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what hath God wrought? Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he have eaten of the prey and drinking the blood of the slain. You know what the Bible says? The work that I have begun, I will also finish. If we stay with God, what God has begun to do in us, he will finish. You're not going to die until God finishes the work that he started in you. You're not going to go away until God finishes what he has started in you. You won't be disappointed. You won't be let down because God said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. They are all good to give us an expected end. And the seal cannot be broken. What God has called us to do, nobody can change that. The Bible says in Revelations, I have opened a door for you and no man can close it. God has made a way for each and every one of us and the devil cannot shut that door. The Bible says, Jesus told Peter, he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said again to Peter, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You cannot change what God has blessed you with. You cannot change the king's word when he gave you a blessing, when he gave you a commandment. Another scripture says that God has commanded his blessings upon you. The devil cannot reverse that. You are blessed and you are blessed indeed and God loves us very very much. The devil can't change that. It irritates him. I can imagine how frustrated the devil gets when he sees that seal and knows that he can't break it. He cannot break that seal. He can fight you all he wants but he'll never win. You have 
the victory in Jesus. It's impossible for that seal to be broken. He said, I can't reverse it. God blessed him and I can't change it. He tried. I think he went three or four times up the mountain and every time with seven bullets and seven rams, he was really trying to get a curse, but he couldn't. Until the last time, the Bible says that when he went up there, he knew that it pleased God to bless the children of Israel. So he didn't go up as other times. He went some other kind of way. Let me go a different kind of way because I want to curse them so that I can be rich and honored. Because the king had told him, if you curse them, I'll make you honorable. I'll make you rich. So that's what he was trying to do. He wanted money. Couldn't get it. It doesn't matter what the devil has plotted against us. God has already changed it to the blessing. By the time it gets to you, it will be purified and good for you. You may have to suffer a little bit because the devil hates us, but God has meant it for our good. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open the altar if anyone needs prayer. Just come up. I don't care what we go through this week or the next week or the next year or whatever it is. Always remember that the seal of Jesus Christ cannot be broken. It can't. There's nothing the devil can do to take your joy, your peace, your confidence. He can't. If God blessed you, that's yours to keep. He said, and when I bless you, there is no sorrow added to it. It is a blessing indeed. And we are highly blessed.
listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may He keep you, may He shine His face always upon you, and may He forever keep you.